Adam usually does this with me, but he's he's not uh, available today. It's his okay. His uh his one year anniversary is this weekend. Dang! So <laughs> married for one year, that guy. All right, here we go. So welcome to the podcast about nothing in particular, where we bring words from our mouth holes to your ear holes. Ooh, you like that? Today on the show, we have world-renowned violinist Josh Ramirez. And today, we're going to talk about foster care and adoption. So for people who don't know who you are, give them a quick, like, 30-second elevator pitch. Um, okay, yeah, my name is Josh Ramirez. Um, I am a Texas man, born and raised, but live in Oklahoma now with my family. Um, my wife and I have three kids. And, uh, yeah, love being a dad. I always wanted to be a dad. So here we are. Here I am. Here he is. <laughs> he is a dad. So uh, <laughs> I remember, so on the podcast, they were going to talk about foster care and adoption. And I remember being in college, you know, went to college together at Southwestern. And I remember you talking about how you were going to get a house and you were going to start fostering kids. And at yep. that time, you know, I'm pretty young and uh, I don't really know much or really anything about foster care. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I know probably a lot of people in your life didn't really understand quite what that was about. So can you tell a little bit about how you got into foster care, why you did and kind of that journey? Yeah. Hey, hold on one second. <laughs> Rory, go watch your movie, baby. No, you can't be in here. He's going. He's taking a bath. Sorry. <laughs> here. No. You want to watch your own movie? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um. Here you go. Want to watch Onward? Okay. All right. Hold on. One second. All good. Take your time. Salad. Welcome to Dad guess Life, what it, everyone listening. I guess, guess that's what editing's for, huh? Okay, hold on. Okay, so yeah, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. I feel like a, a SCU and like our time at, at in college actually attributed a lot to that. Um, just because obviously, like, I feel like God put a lot of seeds in my heart uh, throughout my life for foster care. But I didn't really put a name to it until um, I actually had to pick an internship for a class we were taking. I um, can't remember the name of the class for the life of me right now. Um, but I picked a uh, foster care shelter um, 
here in the Oklahoma City Metro uh, as my internship. And through them, it was Youth and Family Services. And through them, uh, I kind of got real like exposure to the foster care system and what a, a shelter looks like, which, I mean, most of those don't even exist anymore. Um, and so, yeah, so that was, that was a good start. And then I remember it was actually, I was in class. Uh, uh, it was like conflict and resolution uh, with one of our professors. And it was like, he hadn't come in the class yet. He was running late or something. And I was reading an article um, by Katie Davis. Um, and I just remember reading about her life story and how like she adopted like 14 kids when she was like 20 or something. And I was like, man, like there really is no age limit. There's no like, there's no time where you're ever officially ready um, to accept kids. But if God put it on your heart, you know, go for it. Um, and so right after class, I called up that um, one of the directors at the place I was interning at. And uh, this was my last my last semester at, at college. So I asked her, I said, is there is there an age limit or like do I have to be married to, to foster in Oklahoma City? And she said, nope. She said, you got to be 21. But you don't have to be married. Um, so really that's, you know, obviously there's other criteria, but you would, you would fit the bill. And I was super excited. And I think, I, I think it was, I told you and your sister first. And just because it was like, it's such a like a whirlwind. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And uh, I knew I was graduating uh, that month. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to finish college. And then again, not that that was a requirement, but just like, I knew I couldn't do both. Um, and so I was like, once summer hits, I'm going to go into training. And, uh, so I started, I started foster care training to officially be a parent in like June. So like right after graduation and then by October I had my first two kids. So you started off with taking in uh, a couple kids. Yeah. Yeah. So throughout that summer, um, I did what's called respite care, um, where I just provided, uh, a weekend safe place for kids that are already with foster parents or that were in a shelter that just needed a, a place to crash for a little while. So I remember there was, there's one family, uh, that had two boys and they, I think they had like a wedding or something to go to. And so I had them for the weekend and it was crazy just because, uh, I mean, immediately like one of the kids started calling me dad just because he had such a, a skewed vision or um, perception of parents. And, he, you know, he was just going to call whoever the closest male figure was to him, dad. And I remember that being a, a bit of a shock. And then like uh, just like my first night with them. And again, this was just for a weekend. Uh, my first night with them, one of them was having like night terrors and it was it was a good introduction to to having kids from uh, out of the foster care system uh, just for that one weekend. But, but yeah, it was good good exposure, right? And 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 when you started, did you have any pushback or anything from friends or family? Because I know there there's kind of like a stigma. People don't understand that. Yeah, like you can be single and foster. It's not weird. It's actually you're you're, you're helping these kids. Um, but a lot of people, I don't think they really understand that. So, did you have any pushback or anything from 
people around you? Honestly, no. Um, and that was a, a big shock. Um, just because I remember, I remember in like in high school when I would try to go on like mission trips and stuff, my parents would always be kind of like, I don't know if that's safe. Or even when I was uh, moving out to Oklahoma, um, a lot of my friends from Texas had reservations. But it was just, I guess, just the confirmation I needed that my community was behind me. Um, the church I was working at at the time said, like, yeah, we know this is right. Like, we know um, that's a great next step for you. And I remember my parents just saying, um, at this point, Josh, like, we know you hear from God. And, and if you feel like you heard from God, we know, like, we're not going to stop you. It was just kind of like their way of saying you have our blessing, um, which, which meant a lot because, like, I would say a support system and a community is uh, paramount to, to fostering. Like, you cannot do it without a good community behind you. Or you can try, but it will not be pretty. So how long, because I know you, you met your wife, Abby, through foster yeah. care or through that whole kind of community. So uh, can you kind of tell us about that story and how that happened? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so I had, I had two, two, two boys at the time. Uh, they were 11 and 9, and uh, we just had – it was just the two of us or three of us, um, by ourselves. And, uh, I was, again, I was working at a church in El Reno, Oklahoma. And one of, there was a, a daycare within the church and one of the teachers that worked there, um, like not, not, I was, I definitely wasn't, especially once I had kids, I wasn't putting any feelers out or wasn't trying to date around or anything like that. Um, but she she approached me and said, "Hey, uh, my my sister has an adopted mom because um, the the teacher I was talking to her name's Lily. She uh she's actually uh, out, got adopted out of the foster care system, and she said my sister has an adoptive mom who is also single. And if you want me to introduce you guys, you know, I feel like y'all would be a good fit. And I remember thinking, well." I don't know why, but my first thought was like, well, if she adopted your sister, you know, she's probably, probably old, you know, there's <laughs> maybe, maybe some kind of situation there. And, uh, it just never dawned on me that somebody else in their early twenties, um, would also be fostering as a single parent, um, uh, just by choice, you know? And so I, I just kind of put a pin in it and I was like, oh, that's nice. And so I actually, made contact with Abby. Um, so that was, that was like where I first heard of her, but then I actually made contact with her. Uh, there's like a Facebook page for foster and adoptive parents in the Oklahoma, um, Oklahoma city Metro. And she just posted a question on there and said, Hey, just looking for some feedback on, um, you know, she had some questions about also fostering as a single parent and just looking for like helpful tips and, things like that. So I commented on it and then she responded. Then we noticed we had mutual friends, one of which was Lily. And so then we became Facebook friends and, um, uh, then like didn't really talk or anything, didn't really reach out. And then, um, uh, uh, then she, she messaged me once on accident cause she thought I was a different person named Josh. 
and honestly, from that from that mistake, uh, we just never stopped talking and hit it off. And so, uh, at the time, she was already she was already uh, she had already adopted our oldest daughter, Kayla, uh, who's now twenty one, and uh, she was she had custody of our son, Julio, who's now six. Um, so, so yeah, we just you know got to talking. Eventually. Met face to face through mutual friends and. Uh, oh no! Okay, bring me the remote. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I was been in love ever since, and had a some good uh, had a kind of a a rotating door of kids in and out of our home since then. We've had. Um, uh, I think I think between both of us combined, we've had about uh, mm, at least 12, 12 kids in our home uh, for temporary placements and all that good stuff. So yeah, what what would you say to people who um, are interested in doing foster care? They're young, they're single, but they're kind of you know maybe worried about it. You know, they're single; they they don't know if it's right for them. Um, what can, what would you say to them? You've been in their shoes before. Yeah. Um, I would just say definitely, um, just check yourself and your community. Like if, if just kind of do it like a self evaluation of, uh, of your own support system. Cause again, I think that's, that's key. It's kind of like, it reminds me of like, if anyone's ever going to have a, a major surgery or anything like that, um, oftentimes doctors won't let them have a major surgery if they don't have a, the support system for recovery afterward. Um, and I think that's, that's the same can be said about foster care because, um, my wife and I, when we were single, we had, we, we walked through reunification where we reunited some of our kids back to their biological parents. Oh wow! And that, that was the, just one of the ultimate heartbreaks, um, in the process. And if I didn't have my community, um, behind me and beside me, um, I don't know what I don't know what would have happened. Uh, that would have been devastating. Um, so yeah, so check yourself, check your community, and it's going to say bad words. Okay. <laughs> Can you speak to the foster care reunification? Like you said, you mentioned you did respite before and, and short term, and that that's easy yeah. because you know you have an end date. You know it's just for a weekend or for a few days or a couple yeah. of weeks. So if you're doing yeah. long-term traditional foster care um, or therapeutic or whatever um, and you do see the reunification process happen, um, what what's that like? What can people do in those instances, those who are new to foster care or, or maybe they have a kid and they've had them for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or a couple of years but they haven't gone through that reunification process yet? Um. Yeah, I would definitely say, especially, okay, so the kids I had were older. Um, and I even had, it through since I was single, uh, I went through a, uh, an agency, a private agency, which I would, I would definitely recommend if, if you're single and doing it, just because, again, that's just more added resources. Um, so they were able to provide me with grief counseling when we knew that the date was coming up. Um, and if you have older kids, definitely don't be afraid to like, let them see you 
let them see you cry, let them see you break down, just because that that shows that you care and that shows that your heart was invested in them. And um, it's 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 a bittersweet, confusing time for everybody because the kids don't know if they're supposed to be sad with you or happy or um, whatever. But um, just let yourself just be raw before them, and um, it'll also let their bio parents know how much you cared. Um, cause that was hard at first. I tried to just kind of keep it together and just put on a happy face. But, um, eventually once, once the first time I, I don't remember if it was like a song that came on the radio or something, but it was like the week leading up to their reunification. And I, and I just started bawling in front of them. And, um, that was, it was like they had permission then to be vulnerable and they started really like letting their guard down. I'm just saying like, I'm going to miss you, but I love my mom. And, you know, there is that understanding. So, I mean, that is, I mean, when you get into foster care, that is the point. Like you want to see these children reunificated with their biological parents, if at all possible, Yeah, which a lot of times that's not possible or they're not even there. So can you speak a little bit to, to adoption and what that kind of process looks like or what it looked like for you and Abby? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously, um, adoption will take many different forms. You know, there's always, uh, you hear about overseas adoption, um, straight adop- adoption, which is like when you enter foster care solely to adopt, um, or sometimes it just happens. Um, so like with our oldest, um, Abby was her mentor first and they had built a relationship before she got, um, taken into custody. Um, so that was kind of a natural relationship. And then when, whenever she was, um, open for adoption, it was an easy transition or I say easy, obviously it was very complicated, but (laughs) like relationship wise, um, it was natural. Um, and with our, our son, uh, sometimes, sometimes parents will, will have their rights taken away. And in the case of our son, um, his, his bio mom actually relinquished her life, her rights just because she knew she had hit that, that point of like, I'm going to, for his safety, et cetera, I'm going to, you know, call it and just know that he'll, he'll be safe with, with a different family. Um, oh, so she, and so she ended we were, making that call herself. Yeah. She, she relinquished her rights. Um, as opposed to like our daughter were, um, you know, it was the opposite. Um, so yeah, it takes, it takes many different forms. Um, I think it's cool. I, I, I hear believers and non-believers alike, uh, refer to it as like the miracle of adoption. Um, because it is like, it's just such a beautiful thing. And it's almost like it's, it's, it's crazy. Cause everything, everything that comes with fostering and adopting is just this bittersweet, uh, mix of emotions where I remember on my, my son's adoption day, it's like, Man, if you if you really think on this, like it's sad that this had to happen, but man, what an incredible feeling that like I knew my son was mine from like from the moment I met him and um like nothing can deny that he is he's my son. But it's just it's just so strange. It's such a like a, a weird like cocktail of emotions. <laughs> we definitely we're definitely gonna expand. Um we don't know if it's uh, we're gonna maybe take some time to have another because R- R- Rory, our daughter, is our first biological kiddo, and 
we don't know if we're going to maybe take some time to have another one of those or um, go right back into it. We do, we did put a pin in, um, in fostering at this time, just because the last set of boys we had, um, there were, uh, six and three at the time. And, uh, whenever they got one, one, actually both, um, were adopted by the the next set of foster parents that took them in after us. Oh, that's awesome. Um, which was, which was, yeah, it was awesome. Um, but it was, it was such a, like a, again, it was, it was such a heartbreak time that right. we were like, okay, like we need to, we need to push pause and recover from this one for a while. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, it's, it's in our DNA. <laughs> it just to, just to take in anyone needing a family. Uh, um, we've had people sleep on our couch that are full grown adults. We've had, you know, everything in between. And so we just know, um, it's our calling just to, to be a family. Uh Oh, she needs to go potty (laughs) just to be a family for those who don't have it. And so whatever, whatever form that takes, but yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely get into fostering and adopting it again. Rory, come over here. You want to hear a potty song? Rory's going potty, potty, potty. Rory's going potty. She's a big girl now. You know that song? Yeah. Mama says, Dad. Yeah. I know. They just go party. Yeah. You did it. It's a party. All right, here. All right. Um, I'm on the party. No, okay, then you need to ask. Rory's currently in the uh, I can do it myself phase. Um, okay, so yeah. Um, so again, can't emphasize community enough. Um, my wife and I have always surrounded ourselves with um, other friends who are foster parents, uh, especially while we were fostering. And um, good therapists and counselors, um, which was nice because I mean, whenever a kid is in uh, custody, they're, they're actually like required to be in counseling, and so uh, we always were real communicative, communicative with our counsel, our kids' counselors. And so, with our bio kids, we always just kind of use terms like, um, you know so-and-so is going to stay with us because their house wasn't safe anymore. Um, so we're a safe house. So they're going to stay with us for a while. Um, and we kind of just navigate through it as it goes, because, uh, like I said, some kids will immediately start calling you mom and dad on day one. Um, which is, which can be confusing, um, to kids, but, uh, they kind of just go with it, honestly. Um, like, like one thing uh, I love this story is, um, our, our son, Julio, he was in, um, play therapy for a while just because again, it was, we, we, like, if I had, if I had Beyonce money, all my friends would be in counseling. Like I just, we're just like big, big advocates for it. And like, we just like, we just love it. And, um, so 
my son was in, in play therapy and um, we were just kind of going over stuff with his counselor. And she said, um, she said, I noticed Julio has a really open and fluid view of family. And we were like, well, what do you mean? And she said, like, when he was playing with animals, like the lion could be the dad and the zebra could be the mom and like a camel could be a daughter or something. And she said that like, you don't often see that. You'll often see kids like group bears together and et cetera. Um, But she said he has just like a really open view like anyone can be family anyone can be a part of my life and um that that really blessed our hearts and uh just because we've we've just always been like okay you know like they're they're gonna live with us now we're gonna keep them safe and so they they've already adapted well to that uh, i'd say obviously there's like seasons of jealousy or um things like that but that's that's pretty natural with any kind of siblings anyway well, Josh, really appreciate you coming on the show, being vulnerable, talking yeah, about man. foster care. Um, and the goal of this episode was just to inform people, let them know that, you know, it's possible for them to do it. They should consider yes. doing it. At very least, pray for those Definitely. who are foster parents. Find out how you can help, um, especially during this time where, um, you know, some families aren't as resourced. Some family don't have the connections. So reach out to a family, help as much as you can, and if possible, try to foster, try to adopt. Um, There's a lot of kids out there that need help. So thanks for listening to the podcast about nothing in particular. Catch you next time. All right. Bye.